You know you're holy to the Lord. And then he would say, and you know it's because you have long hair and you should never cut it. <laughs> Made my sister with her pixie cut just feel like a dog with no bone. Come on, somebody. And sometimes my sister says, is that still why you're adding extensions? Because you're still hanging on Papaw's word. We just have a lot of fun with it. But uh, Papaw would get excited and he'd start flipping those suspenders. And he'd start shouting. We were in the house, and he'd have on Southern, back in Mississippi, there's only one channel on Sunday morning. It was Southern gospel singing, banjos, ukuleles, anything they could pull out. And there it was on the TV, and Papa would get excited, and he'd start screaming, Pete, Pete, God is in this place. And, you know, growing up, I'd see things, and I'd hear things, and I'd think that uh, God was only in the place when I had goosebumps. I thought God was only in the place when I sensed him. So then you're limited to the moments you can sense him you're limited to the moments you have goosebumps goosebumps are wonderful to cry in the presence of the lord is awesome to be bent over no favorite thing in my life that is spiritual than to be bent over in the presence of the lord and i can't get up to be undone to cry to pray in that heavenly language to feel heaven shape me to my core but most of the moments in life you will not have goosebumps most of the moments in life, you will not see people shouting. Most of your moments in life, you like Jacob will find yourself at an uncertain place, a hard place. He was at a place called Luz. We'll go back and start reading it now that I have your attention. It says in verse 12, in that place, everyone say in that place. He took out a rock and laid his head on the rock, a hard place, an uncertain place. And he dreamed, verse 12, and behold, then there was a ladder set up the earth and the angels of God were going up and down the ladder. God was telling him right there, you're not on your own, Jacob. God was letting you see behind the scenes. I love it when God lets you see behind the scenes. He said, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you stand, I will give to you and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread to the west and to the east and your seeds of all your families of the earth shall be blessed. Still a blessing over Israel and a blessing over me. Say that's a blessing over me. Over me because you are grafted into the, into the vine by Jesus. And he says this in verse 15. Behold, I am with you. Look at your neighbor and say he is with you. And it says and he will keep you. And say and he will keep you. He will keep you. He says I am with you. He doesn't give Jacob a big pep talk. He just gives him this simplicity, I'm with you. Today, someone needs a tap on your shoulder in an uncertain place. It's amazing how that God will show up in a form that the soul cannot resist. God shows up in a form to Jacob, mm, in a form that he cannot resist. I pray somewhere, someday of this week, some moment God will show up to you in a form you cannot resist. And he tells him, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not alone. Someone in this room this morning needs to know you are not alone. Someone needs to hear God say, you're okay. You're okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. This will mean so much more in a moment. I better go on or I'm going to start preaching right here. And he says, I am with you. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord was in this place. I didn't know. It, it was just a normal. I was so tired, I laid my head on a rock. I was so weary. You ever been so tired that you, 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 was, you was watching the TV and then the TV started watching you? Come on. You ever gone to sleep just standing up? You ever been so tired? I'm not talking about the tired I might feel this morning because I only slept about three hours. It's just 52 that happens sometimes. No, I'm talking about the tired. You're just weary. You're weary. You're tired of fighting. You're tired of listening to people's challenges. You're tired of being nice. You're tired of the fight. I'm not talking about me. A few weeks ago, I talked about forgiveness and... Uh, well, it was longer back than that. I better be careful. And uh, someone, you know, shared with me later. They wanted me to know that God had forgiven me. And I said, well, yes, I, I know God has forgiven me for everything in my life. But us preachers, we like to just not point a finger at you. We like to get in the camaraderie with you. When we preach to you, we want to say, you remember when you were tired. You remember when I was tired. Look at your neighbor and say, you remember when you was tired. And it might just be right now. Wake up your neighbor. And he says, surely the Lord was in this place and I did not know it. I was tired. I laid my head on a rock. I was tired trying to make that marriage work. I was tired of this fight over addiction. I was tired of this financial fight. But he said, surely the Lord was in this place. And he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? You don't know when God has been among you till afterwards mostly. And then you say, how awesome he is in this place. In this place of my life. 
This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put his head as a pillar, and he set it up and he poured oil on it and he made a pillar out of it. And he called the place Bethel. But the city up to that point had been Luz. Bethel means house of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit. I welcome you, sir, to say things I don't even have in me. I ask you to take the little corner of a fish and a little tidbit of a loaf I got this morning. Increase it. Speak to your children. I know you love them more than I do. Let them sequester their thoughts. Let them rope in their wandering minds and listen to the word of God. Frail is this little servant in statue, but great is your word. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do your work. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, behind the scenes. Someday we're going to see behind the scenes. We're going to stand with the Lord, and the Lord's going to show you behind the scenes, Christine, of different days in your life, Josh. He's going to show you scenes of what he did when you could not see what he was doing. When you can see behind the scenes at a production, there's craziness going on. Come on, somebody. If you'd been in part of any of our big productions we've done through the years, craziness are cooking back there. You didn't want to go back there. Look at your name and say, you didn't want to go back there. You didn't want to go behind the scenes. I remember a big thing we did where people, I remember um, Janice, uh, uh, Jonathan, I believe it was, was little Kermit or John Denver, and, and they were all changing clothes or changing hats behind this curtain. And when you look back there, it looked like just a crazy zoo behind the scenes. Say, behind the scenes can look crazy. We did this big night of the arts at the Dixon Center and Chris and Susan helped me produce it many years ago. And there's a term I want you to say to Chris. They're on their way back from Washington from via Alaska today. But there's a term that Chris and I say to each other at crazy moments because in the middle of that theater production, hundreds of people packed it out. I mean, it was a first class five-star production because I'd visioned it and the Vernons were running it. Hundreds of people in it. And there's a moment that we all remember in infinity when Chris Vernon yells because Dixon Center at that time had a lower stage that had to be raised and it wasn't being raised and so all you can hear him not knowing the whole group can hear him is Chris Vernon screaming raise the elevator raise the elevator raise the elevator so if you ever want to see Chris Vernon smile because at the strangest moments I'll just look at him and scream raise the elevator no one wants to see behind the scenes amen but someday God will allow you to see behind the scenes. Here's Jacob, a man who has deceived his daddy for the birthright. He's a no good deceiver, a trickster. That's what his name meant. But he's going to encounter God. A deceived man who had fought for everything he had in his life. You ever get tired of fighting? You ever look at anybody else and think, why do they have it so easy? Come on, I know I'm not the only one in this room. You ever wonder when you hit uncertain times or hard places, you think, oh, I know what it is. It was that 21-day fast, and I only fasted 17 days. It's those four days that God is getting me. Come on, somebody. It's that time on the Daniel fast that I popped popcorn and put salsa on top of it because I was so hungry. I convinced myself it was a vegetable. Come on, somebody. I know people that have done it. Tempted to do it myself. I know that's what it is. Oh, yeah, God is just that kind of God that he says to Gabriel, come on, come on here down, look at Tiffany Haggard. She hadn't read her Bible in three days. Wonder who she's going to call on and get all Medea on us. I wonder who she's going to call on when she gets in trouble. It's been three days without her Bible study. Gabriel, write it down. You know what? We don't serve a God like that. We serve a God who knows how to show up in a hard place. Come on, somebody. And here is Jacob. He's hit a hard time. He's deceived his daddy. His mama's got in on it, and he's on the run. He's stolen his birthright. There's so many messages here, but we have so many different levels. i got to just stay right here in the middle. The other part would be preached another time. The other part another time. i got to stay right here. Right here with behind the scenes, we're standing on holy ground. So Jacob finds himself in a place called Luz. Everyone say Luz. The name's going to be changed to Bethel, but right now it's uncertain, a desert, a barren place. And here he is. He's talking. He's put on hold. His daddy has said to him, like God has said to you in the word of God, that he has blessed you and given you promises. But right now, Jacob is on the run. He doesn't see anything familiar. Anybody else feel like you're in an alternate universe right now? You can't see anything familiar to you. Come on. Everybody I talk to feels that way. Like there's no more familiar land sign. Whoever was with you before, they're not with you again. Or the familiar land things, the things that you, I mean, TV shows are being canceled. Come on. Come on, somebody. But you know, there's things that are just changing. Someone say changing. And Jacob is in a country where nothing is familiar. A country where nothing tastes the same. Nothing feels the same. Everything's different. 
Everything has changed. He wants to go back to the way it was. He cannot go back and you can't go back. If you want to go forward, you cannot go back. To go back is to go back into a past that is behind you. To go forward is to go to where God is. You see, we want to build memorials of the way God did it in the former days or the way things happened. That day is done. We want God to show up on holy ground however God wants to show up today. Can somebody give him praise this morning? Come on, put your hands together for him. And he's put on hold. Everyone say put on hold. Who in this room likes to be put on hold? You make a call, you hope to get a person, you get a machine. Come on, somebody. And then it says for English, punch one. For Spanish, punch two. For Transvania, touch three. For Pig Latin, hit four. For ghetto slang, yeah, 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 hit five. To talk Medea, heller, you hit six. I love Medea, God, I always thought we're... Anybody else been there? And then that thing says what you hate to hear. Please stay on the line. Your call will be answered in the order it was received. And in that moment, you wonder, are there 75,000 calls ahead of me? Or there's six? But then they say two. And my thought is, yeah, that's two people that don't know how to shut up. Come on, you've thought it too. That's two people that are going to go on and on for days. So then you find yourself put on hold. Sometimes your hope is put on hold and you wonder and then you endure the horrible music. Can I get an amen? And if you're like me and a multitasker, you try putting your speakerphone on and doing some lunges and then you try to clean and then you run away from the phone and then they answer and you forget who you were even waiting on because you've been put on hold. Come on, somebody. You want to hang up because you're frustrated. You want to hang up because the music is torturing you. But you figure, come on somebody, the moment you hang up, you're afraid it's just the minute that the other person on the other line was going to say, may I help you? This is Juanita Paquita with DirecTV. How can I help you now? Come on somebody, give me a hand for creativity this morning. You see, Jacob feels like he's been put on hold. Look at your neighbor and say, you may feel... You've been put on hold. But God is working. We have no idea the unseen activity that surrounds us. But someday we will see it. God's ways are unfathomable. His creativity untamable. And someday he will say, take a look at this scene. Look what was going on in the heavens on your behalf when you could not see. Aren't you glad you walked by faith when you could not see? This is what was going on behind the scenes. Jacob sees a ladder at a low moment. I'll tell you how low the moment was in just a moment. But he sees a ladder of angels going up and coming down. What God was saying to him is, Jacob, you are not left to your own resources. Anybody else happy about that this morning? Jacob, the angels are going up and down. People like to, um, uh, I don't even know what word. They like to talk about. Let me just give you a $1 word. They like to talk about what maybe those angels meant, what I believe it meant. Yes, he was on holy ground, but angels were going up with things and angels were coming down with things. And they were going up with things, the cares of the world, the situations, and they were coming down with glory. It was a gateway to heaven. And here's the deal. God says to Jacob, you know what? Jacob, you cannot judge my love by your circumstances, but you must judge, tabulate, look at your circumstances by my divine love. Because I'm with you. My host is with you. You're not left to your own. You're not by yourself. You're doing better than you thought you were. You're stronger than you believed you were. I'm pleased with every little ounce of faith that you have mustered up. You feel like a weak thing. Well, Jesus paid it all. I love that hymn that says, I, I see, child, that thy strength and thy faith is weak. But Jesus paid it all. I'm going to tell you this morning, you may feel weak. You may feel if heaven has measured you on your 15-day fast, on your popcorn salsa eating days, on the moments that you did not fast. I know God can show up in those days, but I don't know about you. But I need to know a God that can show up in the hard and the uncertain places when I can't take credit for it and I can't say by my righteousness I made this happen. All I know is God showed up and God did the impossible. I love that many times in scripture was passed by this angel thing and get into the heart of this message. But I cannot pass this without encouraging you and strengthening you and open up your eyes to behind the scenes right now. He is called Lord Sabaoth, which means he is the Lord of 
the host. Daniel 7 and 9 says this about how many angels are just around his throne. That's not counting the ones roaming the earth with us right now. And millions of angels ministered to him and hundreds of millions stood to attend him as the ancient of days sat down. His hair was white as snow. His clothing was white. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire in the book of Daniel. Someone say hundreds of millions and God has those angels behind the scenes they're working for you you are standing on holy ground there are angels like I told you I didn't even tell him when I came in he was singing I just went Thank you, Holy Ghost. There are angels all around you. It says in Genesis 24, the Lord in whose presence I have walked will send his angel ahead of you to make your mission successful. Someone say amen. And just think amen every time I said, and then he laid under a broom tree and an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat because he was weary. Speaking of the prophet Elijah. And then Psalms 91 11, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep, I'll talk about that word, in all your ways. Then it says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them and it says in every moment of your affliction in Isaiah 63 and 9 he too will be afflicted and the angel of his presence will save you and it says in Daniel 6 that God will send his angels to shut the mouths of lions you see in the moments that the lions want to destroy you the lions of accusation the lions of doubt the lions of despair the lions of poverty the lions of you no good nothing never will be anything the lions that come to tell you you cannot be guess what the Lord will send angels I pray there are a host hallelujah moving in this city today shutting the mouth of every lion that would speak against the elect of God every son and daughter in this house somebody give God a shout of praise it says in Matthew 4, the devil left Jesus and the angels came and ministered to him. I'm glad in moments after temptation when you feel like you've hung on by a thread that if you could see behind the scenes an angel of the Lord would slip in. There was a night when Pastor Hank many, many, many years ago was very ill from breaking his back and there was a night that an angel visited him. How do I know? Because there was a gold thin ring put on in the middle of the night. The next morning, about mid-morning morning or, or noon he said when did you come put this little gold ring on my hand now let me tell you something about that gold ring it was something oh I, I believe I'm just gonna have to go somewhere and shout I'm gonna turn Medea on all of y'all right in front of you right here and now and you see it was a little gold ring that we had given to the Queen for a day candidates and I had it hidden in a place that only I knew because it was special he was asleep highly highly had been sick they'd given him a large shot of fenugreek, which stops you and causes you to stop vomiting and he said when did you put this gold ring on my finger I had been in the room with him all night I had prayed all night I had sensed God's presence but when he told me that next morning I said I never came into your room he said I didn't think so because in the middle of the night a, a glowing presence it looked like a, a, a glowing strong warring woman with long beautiful hair but fierce in her glory stepped in slid that gold ring on his hand and said it's okay servant of the most high God you're going to be well by the name of Jesus you are favored by the Lord I'm going to tell you whoa, I'm going to tell you that there's moments in your life and mine that we didn't get that visual but God gives us those visuals and the one I just read so you'll know God comes in and puts a gold crown in the spiritual realm back on your head when the devil is trying to defeat you with a crown of thorns God comes in through an angel and puts peace on top of you when the world has broken war against you God comes in with an angel in the night when the devil says it's the last night of this marriage the last night of this home the last night of this sanity and the angels of the God just come in without asking for permission because they belong to the Lord Sabbath and when they come in they come in saying this is not the last night this is only the beginning the Lord is here the Lord is with them this is holy ground so devil pick up your tools and get the heck out of dodge come on somebody and I hadn't planned on saying any of this angels Hebrews 1 and 14 are servants that are sent by God sent by God look at your neighbor and say we're on holy ground 
God comes to Jacob. One, three things I love about God. There's many, but three verses that he's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. If I wanted to pick the attribute of God I wanted to be, I wouldn't pick this one. Because if you were all powerful, you'd be busier than Batman and Superman. Come on. Every time someone fell underneath something, they'd be calling your name. Come on. But omnipotent means he is all powerful. Some say all powerful. He's omniscient, which means he's all knowing. I don't want to know everything. Anybody else with me? But he knows everything. But omnipresent means God can be present anywhere at any time. It means if Keith asks God to come to him, God doesn't leave me to go to Keith. It means if Kristen needs God, God doesn't leave me to go to Kristen. God is a dwelling God. He desires to be with us. He stays with us in our imperfection. He stays with us in our unfaithfulness. He stays with us. There are people in our life when they get to know us and they see our imperfections and our inadequacies. Oh, people in marriages all the time just come to counsel and say, well, I didn't know he was like this. I'm so you divorce him, you're going to marry someone else and they're going to have more imperfections than that one. So you better stay in that boat, baby. You know, because you get to know someone, you see the ugly. Come on, somebody. You see the real. You got a friend. The more you get closer to your friend, the more you're going to see about them, the more you're going to know about them. But guess what? God is all-knowing and He chooses to hang with you in all your imperfection, in all your weakness, in all your inability. God chooses to dwell with you and God comes to a trickster on the run, a guy who's fought and deceived everybody right and left but God says guess what Jacob I wasn't counting on you to pull this story off I am counting on me my word my character and who I am and the host of resources Whoa! I've got it in my hand to pull this story off somebody give God a shout of praise don't worry I won't be doing this next Sunday you can be calm God was saying I'm just searching for someone who will believe in me I'm just searching for someone who won't doubt me. I'm searching for someone that'll say away distrust. God's been good to me. Get out of my head, distrust. Don't you tell me. I'm talking about that when I get into gifting. Don't you compare other people's joy and happinesses. You start doing that. You start, you start comparing. There'll always be people in your life that'll have more than you. And there'll always be people that'll have less. There'll always be people in your life be cuter than you. There'll always be people that'll be uglier in somebody's eyes. I don't know. There'll always be somebody that'll, you think, be more gifted. Someone that'll be less. God says, don't compare yourself away distrust. Treat distrust like an enemy, like an intruder, like someone you got to get out of your house. Run it away like an enemy with the gun of the Word of God. God doesn't give Jacob a pep talk. He just says those famous, powerful words that God shows up and tells everybody. Not, oh, you beautiful, beautiful one. He calls Gideon a mighty warrior, but that's to get him to where he's supposed to be. He doesn't show up and say, oh, thou imperfection one. You did the 21-day fast when everyone else only did seven days. I saw that. You read your Bible every day. Oh, you didn't eat popcorn. No, you starved yourself like a silly girl. And you ate vegetables coming out your ears. I mean, you were so religious and so pompous in your Daniel fast. And because of that Daniel fast, I have now come to say you are the best girl on the whole planet. And I'm going to make you into something. Woohoo! Diva girl, diva girl. No, God doesn't show up and call you diva girl or really Mr. Awesome Man. He shows up to say, guess what? This is the platform upon which you shall do all things. <laughs> Whoa, I could be by myself and have a good time this morning. This is the platform that you're going to do all things. I will be with you. I'm counting on me to pull this story off. If you'll just run away doubt and you'll run away from unbelief and you'll hear me say, I will keep you. Everyone say, keep you. That means I will stand by you. The word in Hebrew means I'll protect you, Tatum. I will treat you like a shepherd protects a sheep. I will watch after you. Underneath your confusion, God speaks. Look at someone and say, we're standing on holy ground. Jacob's in exile. You, you're in exile a lot and you don't even know it. Exile is an unfamiliar place. We get there all the time. A place we're passing through that nothing feels normal. We feel like we're in exile. I've studied a lot about exile the last two years. I feel like I've been there. Exile. Exile. People got exiled for bad things and people went through exile just on their way to somewhere else. It's just that in-between place and God speaks to Jacob and loves. The worst possible time at night, everyone say at night, he's tired but on the canvas of this destruction, listen to me, on the canvas of this degradation of Jacob, 
feeling as he lays his head on his pillow, which is a rock, and he's saying, I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated. I've deceived my dad. My mama helped me. I took away from my brother. I did a horrible thing. God shows up in this place. I know God shows up when I sense Him. I know God is there when tears run down my face. But where is God when you can't move? Where is God when you can't feel Him and you can't see Him? Where is God in that moment? I had to learn, and this is something you have to learn. Paul says, I learned to be content. Pastor could quote that verse. I don't know it, but I know it's, I've learned to be content in all situations and circumstances, whether I have a lot or little, whether people are clapping for me or people are booing me. This is my PRG Davis translation. Whether people are saying, you all that or you are nothing. I've learned I'm anointed in every one of those situations, and you are too. And I'm saved in every one of those situations. You see, you have to learn. I had to learn that I'm still anointed and called. I'll say called because some of you freak out over anointed like that's just preachers. That's all us. I had to learn that I'm blessed of the Lord when I have a job and when I don't have a job. Can I get an amen? When people don't like me and when people like me. I've had to learn not to measure God by my goosebumps, the checks written, come on somebody, the benefactor stated in line to put 17,100 million billion trillion quadrillion dollars in my, I've learned not to live by that being on hold. I've had to learn and we've got to learn together. It takes time to experience that when everybody else forsakes you and all hell is breaking loose against you like Jacob, yet God, God shows up. Look at your neighbor and say, God shows up. The test doesn't come when the lights are on. The test comes in the hard places, the tired places. Tired of being polite. Tired of being understanding. I'm just saying these things. I'm not giving my testimony here. Tired of being faithful. Somebody said, oh, Pastor Bundy. I'm tired of turning the other cheek. Some have told me. I'm reading what people, when I say I think that's what other people have told me, trust me, I ain't going to tell you what I'm thinking. Tired of listening to stuff. Tired of being the strong one. I was told someone this week, they said, I'm tired. I'm tired of being the strong one. I'm so tired of being the strong one in their marriage and in their work too. And they said, I've been strong for everyone who is strong for me. And I said, I'm going to tell you by the Spirit of the Lord right now what the Lord says to you. I'm just going to rhyme apart. The Lord says when you are strong for everyone else and you say who is strong for me, the Lord wants to know, don't you know double honor and double blessing is coming because first of all, he's the one that's going to be strong for you. You want people to be strong for you or you want God to be strong for you? You want other people to hold you up or you want God? I want God because when you check out on me, he's going to check in with me all times in all places. Somebody give him a praise this morning. He'll be faithful and then he'll bring you people that will be strong for you. Tired, tired, tired of fighting addiction. Jacob had fought his whole life. He fought in his mama's belly. This Pastor Hank has a masterful sermon on that. He fought in his mama's belly. He was a twin of Esau. And when they came out, Esau came out first, but Jacob was holding on to Esau's ankle, meaning he was trying to get out first. He was a war, a fight. He had been fighting and at war his whole life, and he was tired. Anybody else ever get tired? Wave a hand, let the angels take a snapshot. I mean, I don't be moody, but I don't mean to be moody, but I'm tired. Come on, somebody. I don't mean to be cranky, but I'm tired. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm 40, says Jacob, and I thought I'd be farther along than this right now. Anybody else? Want that way? I thought I'd be farther along than this. I thought I'd have more education. I'd have more money. I shouldn't be in this circumstance at 40 of my life. I should be comfortable at 52 for me. I should be this or should be that. And uh, I shouldn't be right here. I'm tired. I didn't want, I didn't expect to be here at this age. I'm tired. I'm just saying things that people have told me of going to the grocery store with a calculator. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of putting $6.50 in the tank because that's all I got. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of praying over empty. I'm tired of being in the middle of this thing. I'm tired. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm tired. Jacob's so tired that he takes a rock. Now, we could have brought you a huge one, but none of us could have gotten it. He lays his head on a rock. He's so tired, he uses a rock for a pillow. He's tired. He's tired. He's tired. And he's saying, I don't want to be bad, but I'm tired. In this middle of this circumstance, in night, when he couldn't see clear. You know, if you can see clear, you can make it. But when it's night, 
And when it's a blackout, come on somebody, and you can't see your way clearly, that's when you can't deal with it. Come on, if anybody around you gets to the point, or you get to the point, you say, I cannot see my way clearly, don't try to do it by yourself. Call 911 spiritual to someone with a greater wisdom and a greater anointing. Well, I'm embarrassed. Don't you be embarrassed, not in this circle of people. We're all just about as honest as we can be. Don't try to make it through a night that you cannot see without someone helping you because somebody can open up the heaven's gates and allow you to know you are still on holy ground though all hell seems to be pushing in on you somebody give God a hand clap of praise listen to me no matter how dark the night has been no matter how deep the gloom has been Job 12 one of my favorite verses says he floods the darkness with light and he brings light everyone say light to the deepest gloom. The words of Stephen Curtis Chapman in his beautiful song, Sing Hallelujah, that he did as a tag on a song, uh, Morning is Broken. I don't want to tell you the story, but it's his son and Caleb, his son Caleb and he, who endured a horrible situation about five years ago. But he says, we knew joy was coming. We just had to wait. After a season of waiting, let me tell you something, you're going to find out, I think when the answer comes, that God had something better in his heart for you than you ever dreamed in your heart for yourself. When the answer comes, look at your neighbor and say, we're on holy ground. We're on holy ground. He laid his head on the rock and God appeared to him. Everyone say, God appeared to Jacob. I don't need the God of the pulpit. I don't need the God of the altar. I don't need the God of revival. I mean, I need all that, but not when I'm in this certain place. I need the God who can show up in the hard place. I need the God who shows up when the conditions are wrong. I need a God to show up because we are so funny and we're so righteous. i tell you why God healed my marriage that 21-day fast that you went and ate your popcorn. I didn't eat my popcorn. And if you had done what I had done, then God would have showed up for you. We preach a God that responds to our own ladder, our own checklist. All those things are important. You know how I preach the hound out of praying and reading your Bible and all of that. But I'm going to tell you something. I need a God that'll show up. And he'll show up in the moment I was not consecrated. Anybody in this room, and don't you lie, that God God showed up. You weren't even living right. Come on, somebody. God showed up. You weren't even consecrated. And he turned around what you could not turn around. He got you out of a rev He got you out of a relationship. The devil had you by your hair and was dragging you into a relationship that would have taken you out. Woo! But the angel of the Lord stepped in and grabbed your little arms and your legs and he dragged you into a better future. Somebody give God a shout of praise times that I can't rule out my righteousness. Times I can rule out my righteousness. I can rule out my holiness. I can rule out my prayer. I can rule out my bragging rights. Oh, we love to brag. Oh, I'll tell you why the service was great. When I was worship leader, funniest things was that God seemed to show up when we were yelling at each other like a bunch of heathens when we came out here. I mean, acting like dogs, not me. It was all the people on the team with me, except for Chris. And uh, God was nowhere to be found. And we'd get out here and it'd be like Shekinah glory was dripping like oil from a fountain. And we'd go back everybody like, oh God, that we surely didn't make that happen. You know what? God loves to show up in moments that you can't take credit for it. So you'll know you serve a God, not of the pulpit only, not of the altar only, but a God who shows up in a hard place. Somebody give him a shout of praise. I need God to show up. Some of you, we talk about those of you that did drugs. I've heard it from so many. When God showed up and you were so far gone. You lived. You did not die. When all hell was break loose, here comes Jesus. When God says to Jacob, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he speaks to him. God says, and I'm here. He doesn't say I'm your God yet because that's yet to be determined. And Jacob will come there, but he says, I'm showing up because of the faithfulness of some people before you. I'm going to tell you something. There's miracles in my life. And I, about a year and a half ago, I was praying outside the house where we had our miracle of our restoration. I was praying about a prodigal. The Spirit of the Lord started speaking to me and said, I am going to show up. It was someone just wandered away from the Lord. I'm going to show up in response 
to this person's granddaddy's prayers. I'm going to show up. And, and God just kept in such a litany of such a divine, one of those, when I was shaken to the core early one morning, sitting in my car outside this house, no one lives in that house, praying and doing that. I'm going to tell you, I believe some of the greatest miracles in my life, and I'm telling you this for a reason, is because my granddaddy and my great-granddaddy were on their knees praying. My great-granddaddy missing half of his hands, the one that had so much faith that wrapped his toe up and it grew back on right before he died. My dad and I was just talking about this. E.L. Whitley, he was the overseer of the Fire Baptized Church of God. And uh, that my, my other granddaddy was the general, was fixing to be voted as general overseer of the Church of God when he died of cancer, A.M. Phillips. But L. Whitley, his father-in-law, when he was getting ready to die, he'd been such a man of faith. He never went to a doctor. Limbs just grew back on in his body. He walked in such faith. And right before he got ready to die, my parents drug us in, put us before him. He put out his hand. He had a crooked finger. And he put out his hands. And I mean, he prayed and he blessed us so hard. He spoke in the spirit. Oh, he's having a party all by himself. Maybe that's where I got it from. He's having a party all by himself. He's praying. He's casting all things. He's blessing. You know what? I believe many hard moments in my life. It was not anything that I did, any prayer that I prayed, but it was the prayers of the people that had gone before me. I believe my children, the reason God has intervened in their life is because their grandparents have spoken their name before the throne room and their children, my little, my little Bailey that's coming into all of our life, she will have a blessed life because I will speak her life and her children's children will have a blessed life because I'm interceding into the heavenly realm. My kids may think at certain times that they did something that brought God, but they're going to learn like I did. It's because my mama and my daddy fasted because they walked the floors in the midnight hours. And I'm going to tell you in this room today, wherever you are, you say, I have no heritage. I'm going to assure you by the spirit of the Lord, it might have been a man in Zimbabwe who stayed on his face praying in that heavenly language. He didn't even know what he was praying about, but he was praying for you. I'm going to tell you, we need to start praying for our grandchildren and our children. Get those prayers in the heavenly stock, our nieces, our nephews, our friends. Come on, somebody, because you're not going to get there by yourself. One of my precious friends, uh, Melanie Brondo, who's on Journey Table Talk, he, uh, Facebooked me about a month ago. I just rented this last night. I'm bad about that. She did actually a private message in April. She told about a night that she was at an intercessor meeting. She's big on getting, she, she, when she gets around Pastor Hanging, she goes, y'all are my people. Her and her husband, y'all are my people. Because she just loves the people in the gutter. She just loves the hurting, the drug addicts. She loves the, everyone, everyone cast down. So we're, she's, you're my people. And I say, we'll just move to Tennessee and really be our people. But she talks about being in a prayer meeting one night. She didn't want to be there. She was doing good in God, but she was dismayed and without hope like Jacob. She was off drugs. We said a couple stood up. And they told about a night they were driving down a little country road and the Holy Spirit prompted them to stop and pray. The husband said that he asked his wife if she remembered a little girl they used to give a ride home from church years ago. He said, I think right now, baby, we need to stop and we need to pray for her because he thought the Lord told him she needed prayer. They obeyed and prayed for a few minutes and left. They didn't really think about it again until one night the girl, now all grown up, walked into church. They didn't approach her because she looked very distraught, but they prayed for her. Each night they prayed for her to accept Jesus. They prayed for her to have peace and a good life. She says, I knew they were talking about me, but I had to ask them a question. I told them, thank you for praying. And then I asked, do you remember when it was that you stopped on the little road to pray? And he said, oh, yes, little lady. Yes, and explained when it was in the day. She said, I knew it was that night. She said, I put it together immediately. You see, the night they stopped on that little country road and prayed for that little girl's life that they'd seen come to church, who they hadn't seen in years, was the same night. I overdosed on cocaine and was about to die. But something happened in the middle of the night and I began to breathe. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And live again. I knew the moment I had done too much and I would die. But I was alive the next morning and I heard the still small voice of God say, Melanie Brondo, I am not done with you yet. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The heavens opened up. Pastor AC, come and help me, please, sir. Tricky, sneaking off, Jacob. Deceiver. Somebody, his father and his grandfather prayed for him. And here you are, Jacob. Jacob, you're a deceiver and you're a trickster, but God stands at the top of that staircase. He says, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to use you. He says, you had a baby out of wedlock. I'm still going to use you. 
You were strung out on drugs, but I'm still going to bless you. I'm going to be with you. Jacob lays his head on the rock. I'm coming to the last few minutes of my message, so listen up, please. He lays his head on the rock. He makes a hard place the best of a hard place. You ever been tired of making the best of a hard place? Come on. Guess what? God has a word for you. Oh, I sense this by his Holy Spirit. He says he's pleased with you. Your faithful son, your faithful dog to him. You've made the best out of a hard place. Jacob makes the best out of a hard place. People say, you made your bed, now you gotta lie in it. And there are circumstances, there are situations we go through. But look what God does. Jacob is laying in a hard place. He's away from his family. He's on the run because he's deceived everybody. He's done everything, everything wrong. And here he is laying, making a bed out of a hard place, laying his head on a hard pillow. But God comes. Everyone say, God comes in the hard places. God comes and the heavens open up. And I got to thinking about this rock, and this is where I'm going to finish. The God who comes says, you've been standing on holy ground this whole time. While you were sleeping, while you were so tired, while your faith was asleep. Jacob's faith was asleep. He wasn't even doing the Daniel fast. His faith was asleep. He was weary. He didn't feel like he was the Jacob of two years before that. But God opens up the heavens and lets him see himself in the angels. See this rock that he put his head on. This rock, when he lays his head on this rock, the heavens open. This rock can't be any normal rock. This rock has to be Jesus. This is the place. This rock has to be Jesus. You see, when you're weary, when you feel like you can't see behind the scenes to know the glory that's coming through your story, when you can't see how God is turning this around and you're so tired, the TV's watching you instead of you watching TV, you sleep and standing up. You're just weary. You gotta lay your head on Jesus, the rock. For the Bible says He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. I dare you this morning to drag your head and lay it on the rock. Stop laying your head in Delilah's lap. Stop laying your head in false gods that give only temporary relief to your pain. Do you want a testimony or do you just want to prop up? If you want to prop up, keep laying your head on those false idols. But if Rhonda Davis wants a testimony, I got to drag my head, weary as it is, and lay my head back on the rock whose name is Jesus. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Listen to me. For five more minutes, I'm going to tell you why this rock's so powerful. And Pastor Hank could take this one thought. He won't do it when he comes up, but another time he'll preach. Because when we travel as evangelists, Pastor Hank had a sermon on the cornerstone, and I had a soundtrack. And I'd get up and sing before him, Pastor Connie. Jesus is the cornerstone. If you miss Came for sinners to atone, though rejected by his own. He became the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. Then it goes into rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Rock of ages, so secure. For all time it shall endure. It says, be of sin a double cure. And it goes on and say, until all feet come to thy throne. Jesus be my rock. Jesus be my place that I can stand on. Jesus be my cornerstone. But you know, I'd have to listen to pastor preach it to understand it. But as I became to study the word Mish for myself, understood why powerful it means that he is my cornerstone. Why when Jacob laid his head on the rock, the heavens opened up. Because he said, I'm weary. I ain't got no prayer, ain't got no Daniel fast, ain't got none of that. But I'm gonna lay my head on this rock this morning. Daniel interpreted a vision by Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar saw a big statue and the head was of the Babylonian Empire 
and the breastplate was the, the Medo-Persians and the belly and the thighs were bronze. It was a huge idol, huge, like 13 or 16 feet tall, I can't remember. The legs were iron with Roman Empire and then the feet were baked of clay. And many people believe that is the Gentile world. But listen, he says, I saw this image was so powerful, it kept coming. And then he said, in this dream, in the time of these kings, everyone say, in the time of these kings, so powerful about Jesus. Why well, you gotta lay your head on the rock, but you gotta remember you're on holy ground. See behind the scenes. He said, in the time of these kings, in the time of the Medo-Persians and the Grecians, and then the 10 kings of the 10 toes of the feet, the 10 kings that were at the time when Christ came. It says that in the time of these kings, all of a sudden a stone was hurled from the side. And this stone came. It was not a stone that was cut by man's hands, but it was a stone that was cut by supernatural means. Did you know that it might have been um, Roman soldiers that pierced his hands, but it was God that let his hands be cut and his feet. Our stone is Jesus Christ. It says that in the time of these kings, a stone is hurled against all these kings that have set up kingdoms. Watch this. He was seeing the end of times, Daniel was. Daniel was seeing a vision and the angel said it's a certain vision. Daniel said these things will happen. This was so powerful. He said in the time of these kings, and I got a revelation when I read that, Pastor Todd. He said in the time of these kings, a stone will come. The stone will be thrown, which is Jesus, the cornerstone, and it will come against every king and it will smash them. It goes on to say, this God of heaven will set up a kingdom, this stone, and this kingdom that will be set up when this stone comes and annihilates all the other kings, this kingdom will never be destroyed. No one will ever conquer it. How many know the church of Jesus Christ has not only outlived Nero and Herod and Hitler and the Beatles and every other pompous king upon the planet of the earth, but this name Jesus will outlive every king, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Stand and give Him praise and don't done. Come on. Just stand if you can and let me finish with you standing. Listen. Woo! In the time of these kings, you know what that says to me? In the time of my life when other kings have set up their kingdom, the king of despair, the king of addiction, the king of lust, the king of poverty, the king of no good, nothing will ever come out of your life. The king of divorce, the king of hopelessness, when they come and they set up their kingdoms in me and around me, that cornerstone, that chief cornerstone in the time of these kings will throw his name like a stone from the hand of the living God and he will shatter every kingdom. If I call on the name of Jesus that would like to set up in the time of kings against your life, Jesus will destroy every kingdom. Somebody praise Him. Come on. Shatter all kings to listen. The Bible says about this chief cornerstone, Isaiah 28 and 16. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a stone, a precious and a tried, sure foundation. The one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. The one who lays his head on Jesus. The one that says, I put my mind on you, Jesus. I turn my eyes toward you. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let go. I turn my eyes on you. I'm on holy ground. I don't sense it. I don't feel it. But I know if I could see behind the scenes, I'm on holy ground. I need the God of the hard places. Psalms 118 and 22 is the Hallel, which they read right in time of Passover. Watch this. I love this. You know, I've got to give you a visual. It's what Jesus would have read from because he would have been at the head of the table at the Passover the night before he would be arrested, the night that he was arrested before his crucifixion. And he would have read this verse. Psalms 118 and 22 among his disciples knowing he was talking by himself. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. You see, he says, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then he goes on to say, this is the day the Lord
God has made. I will rejoice in it. What other king can read of his own death and say, this is marvelous. This is glorious. Because he knew behind the scenes what was going on. He knew all man would look to the cross and the empty tomb eventually and say, this is marvelous. This is the Lord's doing. You see the cornerstone, when they were building the temple, they would send the stones up. They had to be not cut by man. They had to be uncut and untouched by human hands. Odd shapes. And they would send stones up in big quarry baskets is what I'm going to call it. And all of a sudden when they got to the end of the building, the builder would call down to the people down, down in the lower part where the quarry was and say, we can't finish the building. We need the cornerstone, the capstone. Where is it? You didn't send it up. And they said, yes, we did. We sent the cornerstone up earlier. It was one of the stones that you rejected and you said did not fit. Go pick it up again. Pick it up again. There's things in our life that we rejected because they did not fit. But Christ comes and says, I'm going to untangle the knots in your life. My name is wonderful and marvelous, which means he who does wonderful things and unties knots and solves mysteries. And I'm going to show you what does not fit, did not fit, will fit now. No pain will be wasted. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. I promise I'm done almost. And the builders would go and find a stone they had rejected. And they would go to the corner. Without this cornerstone, the chief capstone, the building could not have survived. And they'd put it in there and they'd say, it fits. We can finish the building. The New Testament says Jesus is the chief cornerstone in which we are joined together and we are built together by Him. That's why the kingdoms and revelation of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. He is that rock of ages. The heavens are going to open up for you. You keep laying your head on the rock. You keep getting your eyes on Jesus. You keep saying, I'm looking to Jesus. I'm not looking to the God of the goosebumps or the God of the experience. I'm looking for the God of the hard places because eventually if I lay my head on the rock, Jesus, the heavens are going to be open. I'm going to see behind the scenes and joy will come in the morning. I'm done preaching. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Give Jesus the cornerstone, the tried, precious. It is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous. Someday it's going to all fit together. Singers and musicians, I don't know if you're still here, come and join us. We're going to go back to we're standing on holy ground. I want everyone to come up for two minutes. If you would, everyone in the room, just come up. It's only going to be for a couple of minutes. We want to pray with you. Everyone in the room, come stand. Just come stand. Come on. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. It's done. It's about a couple minutes after 12. Come on. I want you to grab the hand of the one on your right and the one on your left. I want you to lift that hand up to heaven. This is holy ground. God is at work in you. That makes it holy. I want you to look to Jesus this morning for yourself and that hand that you're holding. And I want you to pray him. Father, in the name of Jesus, before we